Traditional values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Will America really back Israel against Iran, even as Iran is waging a war of attrition against Israel? What's surpassed chocolate sales? Has the French president gone off script? And here's a question that's already been answered. The UN is off the rails with their latest recommendation. Those are just some of the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, April 21st, 2023. Signs of the Times goes from broadcast to podcast and everything in between, just like our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance. A full full service, if I can get that out of my mouth, independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products to insure your home to the nursing home and everything in between. For a personalized quote, you can contact Bob Johnson Insurance by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And you can hit us up at thesigns.org with your prophecy question. You can even share an episode with a friend or read the articles that we discuss for yourself. And now, here to argue that lasagna is just spaghetti-flavored cake is Pastor Mark, (laughs) who recently told his wife he's building a model of Mount Everest. She asked, is it to scale? To which Pastor Mark replied, no, it's just to look at. That's cute. Okay. Yeah. So that got a cute. Yeah. So we need a laughing crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be ready there, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can scale the real one, right? That's a lot easier to do the Well, you know what's very interesting? In in a couple of weeks, Pastor Mark, you're going to be scaling some mountains. Yes, that's right. We're going to Israel, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. So you're going to be scaling a what? Mount Carmel. Yep, Mount Carmel. We'll be going up to the Temple Mount. Uh, we will be, um, you know, looking at the Golan Heights. So there'll be different areas in the heights of Israel, as well as the depths down yeah. by the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, and all that. Now, there's a mountain I know that's got a coffee shop at the very top of it that you can look at and you can see the the Lebanon border. Yes, it's border not one that's mentioned in the Bible. Um, no, it's not. But I just. Yeah, I forget the name off the top of my head, but you're right. We're going to go up on that. You can see, uh, uh, you know, where Paul went the road to Damascus, and there's a coffee shop up there. And that a lot of times they have some good fruit. They sell cherries and stuff. Yeah. It's wonderful. And you're going to be going uh, Mount up Bentel. Mount Bentel. There it is. Mount Bentel. Mount and Bentel. you're going to be going south to the Dead Sea. Down to the Dead Sea. And there's a mount there where Israel made its last stand against the Roman army. The Masada is down Masada. there. We see Masada and Qumran in the Qumran yeah. caves where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls and other books. And so, again, I just love Israel. I can't wait to get back. I'm excited to go. And, you know, Greg, you know, each time I go, I wonder, is this the last trip we'll be able to go? It's getting mm. so weird in the world with right. travel and pandemics and weirdness. You know, who knows if we'll get there, get to get back. But I think at this point, within a couple of weeks, we're going to make it. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. And we'll have some great updates 
For our listeners, when we get back, we look forward. Oh to yeah, that. we'll give. You, and they, yes. There's a lot of new stuff going on over there. There's new excavations, new discoveries every time that I go, and there's some more exciting things that I that I'm excited to be able to share. I know I'm going to be doing when I'm there. So it's going to be a good update. When we get back. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, before we get into this week's articles of interest to talk about, uh, you wanted to talk about or make a correction yes. from some of the things that you talked about last week, specifically regarding Enoch or the Book of Enoch. Yes. So let's talk about I was about doing that. some research on the Book of Enoch, and I did have a source that I think added an extra zero on the height of the giants. If you were listening last week, I mentioned in my source, and I still have that source right here, saying that they, uh, Enoch says that there are giants, the Book of Enoch, 4,500 feet tall, which would be three times higher than the Empire State Building, and of course that's ridiculous. Well, I found out that actually as I went to look for myself at the Book of Enoch, and not just looking at the source, which I encourage all of you guys to do, it was actually 450 feet tall, not 4,500. So, of course, it's much more believable now uh, that men were 450 feet tall than 4,500. Yeah, 450 feet. Much more manageable. Obviously, it's still absurd. Um, and, and so, again, we'll be talking more about that this Sunday in a special uh, teaching we're doing, looking at the, the, uh, just the trust we have in the Word of God and identifying the true scriptures as appeared to, uh, as a, um, in, in contradiction to the fake. So it's going to be a good study on this Sunday. So I'm yeah. excited about it. Looking forward to it. Want to make to that it. correction. So it's not 4,500 feet for those who heard last week. It is 450 feet. So now you can buy much smaller, much smaller clothes for those giants yes. you have in your family. Uh, blue jeans. Yes. 450 feet. Tall. 450 spandex. Yes. Probably what you need. You need something. Lots of spandex. You need yes. something. Yes. Expandex. <laughs> Expandex. <laughs> All right, let's go to Israel. Yes, we're going. For those of us that can't go, we're going to go by way of these articles. Uh, The first one is from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, Israel seeks U.S. support for IDF buildup as expert predicts an Iranian strike. You know, every time we're there, I look for that post. I can't find it. So I'm not sure where these (laughs) articles are all being written from, but I'm going to find that post this time. Wherever that post is in Jerusalem, we're going to find it. Anyway, uh, yes, again, (laughs) a top defense official, Greg, sought United States support, it says, to bolster the IDF forces. As a security expert on Thursday predicted that Israel might have to strike Iran within the year to halt its nuclear program. He spoke after a meeting with U.S. Undersecretary of Defense uh, Policy Colin, uh, Defense, I'm sorry, Defense for Policy Colin Call in Washington, which took place as Israel remains in danger of an immediate war on, on all the, on all their borders, basically Gaza, Lebanon, and Syria. After rockets were launched during the last week, against Israel from all three fronts. The IDF's military intelligence uh, dictorate informed the upper echelon on Thursday that Israel uh, was closer to war than to restoration, according to um, a report in Walla. Well, you know, again, let me just say this. It's always on the edge of something in Israel. I've never seen, there's never been true peace in Israel. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we're to pray for Israel. There won't be true peace till the Lord comes back. They're always on the edge of something. But every time I go, I feel so safe. I've never felt danger um, in Israel. And this will be, I think, my 15th trip or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I've never, 15th or 16th, I'm not sure, but I've never felt danger being there. It just feels safe. You know, Michael is, it watches over. The Archangel Michael, the Bible says, watches over Israel. The Lord himself, his eye never leaves it. Yes, things happen there like they do here. In the news, you'll hear about maybe uh, a shooting or a bomb or whatever. But what people don't realize, that, Greg, there are more homicides uh, per year in just Washington, that one city. Washington, D.C. Washington, yeah. D.C. In that one city, every year there are more homicides, there are more murders than the entire nation 
of Israel. So although it seems like, oh, wow, all this is going on, I realize in perspective, percentage-wise, it's it's much safer than even uh, a, a major city here in America. So it, I, don't, I always feel safe when I go there. Now, I'm not uh, in any way diminishing uh, their borders. They have the skirmishes there. Typically what happens is their enemies fire right across the border, just real close, try to make a statement, hey, we're here, we're going to bug you, whatever. It's very rare it comes into the heart of Jerusalem or, or, or the heart of Israel, which sometimes happens like with uh, Saddam Hussein in the uh, uh, Gulf War. And more recently, uh, some rockets that came in farther. But again, it's never really any major threat on that end. They know that Israel has the power to, to squash them and knock them down pretty quick. But the main thrust on this is not so much what's going on there in Israel as far as their, their, their peace, which, of course, we want to see happen. But this whole idea that Iran may, uh, they may have to strike Iran. Remember, that's, that to me, it's one of those things where Iran, I think, is afraid on their own to just attack because they know Israel can well defend themselves. But if you get them mad enough, if you catch them at a time where they're in a religious fervor um, and you go in and blow up their nuclear sites or whatever, that's the kind of thing where they can say, forget it. You know, um, we're, we're going to we're, you know, we're going to go be suicide, whatever. And let's attack. Even if we die, we don't care. So the fact that they think they may have to attack within a year, I'm not saying they will. But, Greg, if they do, um, that could be the kind of thing that kicks things into gear, because they're, I think you know, Iran's just waiting for a reason. Russia's already under great pressure from pretty much the world, except for China, um, you know, just because of what's going on in Ukraine. And they're already on the border of Israel, which Ezekiel 38 and 39 says both of them will come in. Uh, just this week, again, well, I don't think we have an article about it, but Turkey uh, and uh, Iran are talking about destroying, you know, no, yeah, Turkey and Iran are having meetings about how to fight against Israel together. And Turkey's going to be involved yeah. with Russia they're and one Iran. Of the players. So, again, it's always in place. When is it going to happen? We don't know. But I, I, I just, again, I, I get excited about the return of the Lord, not excited about the devastation these things bring, but it, it gets me more excited about the Lord. You know, it, when they're on the front lines, the Lord is the also rapture on the front is near. Line. It is. It is, Greg. I just, I'm so excited about yeah, that. Yeah. And so, but we, we need to be praying for Israel and for the future brothers and sisters yeah. among the Jews who will be getting saved after yeah. the rapture. I would say, though, that, uh, you know, not even 10 years ago, these discussions weren't happening. Uh, you know, with Iran, with Russia, they with Turkey. No, they weren't. Uh, no. I think it's only within the last 10 years, and I don't remember exactly when it was, and we covered one of these articles uh, where Russia made military pacts with the smaller nations yeah. that were listed in Ezekiel. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And it was Erdogan, when he came in, Greg, around yes. that time, he, he's kind of his one that's been more aggressive against uh, Israel. You know, Israel's been at peace with Turkey for the most part. Um, you know, on paper anyway, and they're not fighting. But Erdogan has this, even though he kind of holds himself back, when he gets the chance to say something and to move against them, like in, in ancient times, whenever something happened to Israel, their enemies would, would jump in, he would jump right in. And so I think he's waiting to say, look, you give me some big guys and come and do something. We'll add a little guy to it and we'll go in there. We'll, you know, we'll bite their ankles. You guys punch them in the face, you know. Um, so yeah, I think Erdogan, it's, it's interesting. Everything's set in place for, yeah, for some more troubles for Israel. However, er, uh, Turkey's not the major player. It's, no. it's Russia with Iran, so right. we need to, we need Russia to enter the chat. So once Russia enters well, the, chat, in the chat, yeah. Well, I'm talking about with with the other two directly. Yeah. I believe they are, Greg. And, okay. and here's what happened. I constantly see articles about all of them talking. Okay. But what happens is Russia is not as out front saying we are we don't like Israel. What happens is Iran and Turkey come out and tell their true feelings. Russia's kind of in there with them. They're in the war room. They've made pacts and agreements and everything. But Russia's kind of like they're like the bar bouncer. Well, you know what? Look, right now Russia has no reason to necessarily. There's no um, uh, religious hatred. 
or ancient hatred that Russia has. There's a religious and ancient hatred that Iran and and, and Turkey have. There's mm-hmm. a spiritual thing there. And, of course, the enemy can move on Russia, too. What's going to really get Russia in excited is not the ancient hatred like the others. It's going to be, hey, I want your oil. Yeah. I want your natural gas. Exactly. I want what you guys have. And so, look, we'll, we'll supply the muscle. Okay, you guys let us have the goods. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen. The, Iran and Turkey would be happy to see the Jews killed. They'll give Russia the, the, the reward, if you will. So we need to start seeing, I would imagine, stories <clears throat> to continue that we've seen before. But now we'll talk about Leviathan and the natural gas pipeline and even the oil reserves up in the Golan Heights. Right. That now Israel is starting to sell that uh, energy to uh, European countries. Right. And that will really cripple uh, Russia, yeah. which so now Russia needs to get a hold of all of that. So now the only player in town, so to speak, is Russia yeah. for the European neighbors. Right. That's what you're I right. would imagine. Yeah. No, you're going to see Russia the, the, for Iran. It's just something that, that would give them a spark to do something with Russia. There's going to be some financial pressure probably due to their resources and yeah. they're going to need resources. You know, we've already tried yeah. to cut off Russia's resources and now Russia's getting them from, that's why they're buddies with Iran. Exactly. They get all the oil they want yes. with China. They can get stuff through there. And so, um, you know, and now they found out that Egypt has been shipping, uh, supplies yes. to Russia behind the scenes, whatever. So they're going to get what they want. Now, what's going to happen is if Europe and America figure out a way to tighten again, wants to tighten that noose around Russia or they can't get the supplies they yeah. need, Greg, that's going to be something that can push yeah. them and say, okay, we need to go in and if they hit iran then iran's ready to go if there's something that makes russia say okay we need it too we'll go well, let's just do this thing yeah. i i think i think what's happening is also true what you talked about in your wednesday night teaching that the united states is a lot like samson where we think we're going to go out and even negotiations like before or we're going to make threats like we did before knowing that in the past we were able to st- stand behind those threats and be yeah. good on those threats. Yeah, they're not afraid and, of us And now. they're not afraid of us anymore. No, they really aren't. I mean, if we say we have nuclear weapons, well, we do too. Yeah. I mean, they can blow us up as much as we can blow them up. What we had was we had we had better conventional weapons and better trained military and ability to move. You know, now we're, we've, our military has dropped dramatically in numbers. Our supplies of, of armament have dropped dramatically. So what we've lost is, yeah, you've got the big guns that anybody can pull a trigger and each nation destroy its entire population, right? Right. But that's not what you want to do. So when you have the conventional weapons with a good trained military and everything they need, that's where we intimidated the world because we had the top technology. We had great supplies. We had great trained soldiers. Now we've given away much of our supply that needs to be rebuilt because of what we've shipped to Ukraine and other places. We should, we should have even given uh, you know supplies to Taiwan. We owe Taiwan $19 billion worth of, of armament that they've already paid for. And we hadn't supplied it yet. That's for years. So we're behind the curve on, on all these things. Our military is weak. Uh, it's become so uh, woke and liberal and all this that, you know, M- Greg, the guys that are going to be good fighters, they're typically... More conservative. I'm just going to say it. They're more. They're more in your face. They're brutal. They're fighters. They're whatever. And like you know, they're tough. And you get on the other side. They're a little bit softer and a little bit more. You know, everybody get along. Don't say any bad words. Let women go to battle. I mean, it's, it's, there's a whole different mindset. Okay. So now you've got a weaker military that's being led in more of a uh, more of a liberal mindset rather than the true warriors. Well, the rest of the world they've still got warriors in place. Yeah. And when you send warriors in against a bunch of people that are soft. 
They know that. And then when you don't give them the materials, they're not trained as good. They're not as strong. They don't have the materials they used to have. I do believe right now we are a sleeping Samson. We have gone to sleep in Delilah's lap. We have turned away from the covenant of God that we had, which is the locks of hair. Delilah has cut them off. And I believe when somebody yells, hey, the Philistines, i.e., the Russians are upon you, China's upon you, I think we're going to go out as before thinking, well, we're going to handle this and we're going to get you know, whipped yeah, and whatever that means. I don't know. And that may be the time where the rapture takes place. I don't know. But again, we're not where we used to be. Now, can that be rebuilt? Yeah. That there has to be a new mindset. We have to think tough again. We have to get people that are, that are, that are real fighters. Uh, we need to get, you know, we need to be elevating testosterone in men and, and not in the sense of giving them med- medicine. I'm saying we right. need to be saying, look, be a man, be a man. Let's go get men that'll fight, be tough, be strong. Don't be worried about, you know, what people think and don't be worried about cultural things. We need warriors. Let's go to battle. And when you do that, you're going to have a strong military. Well, the rest of the world's doing that. And we're too, we're too, we're too worried about the color of the rainbow. We're too worried about, you know, all inclusivity and all that kind of stuff and making sure that men can be women and women can be men. And while we're fighting all these ridiculous cultural things, we're getting weaker, weaker, weaker. They're watching it. They know it. And when they move, yeah. Greg, I think we're going to get up as before. Samson, America, the Philistines, <laughs> the Philistines are upon you. And boom, we're going to have our eyes gouged out. We're going to be thrown in prison. We're going to be just basically useless and weak. And we don't know it yet. You know, it says Samson went out, you know, and didn't realize that the Lord was not with him. Well, we're and that gonna, was the strength. Every battle that we've won, the Lord's been with us. Yeah. And now this is this. If we go out now in the way we've turned against God, and, and this current administration has turned against Israel, we're going out without the help of the Lord. And let me tell you something: it's not about the mighty American military. It's been God Almighty that has given us these victories. And if we don't go with God, we're going down. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark. Our next article comes from Reuters. Uh, quoting the Israeli Prime Minister, peace with Saudi Arabia would be a quote-unquote giant leap towards ending the Arab-Israeli conflict, if only that were true. Yeah, this is actually interesting because right now, Greg, at the same time, they're talking very hopefully in this article about getting good relations with Saudi Arabia. This week and even today, there's articles about Saudi Arabia making relations with other people away from Israel, yes, uh, like Iran and things like that. So there's this conflicting thing going on here. But this one here from April 17th, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, said Monday that normalizing relations with Saudi Arabia would be a giant leap towards ending the Arab-Israeli conflict. And I quote, we want normalization and peace with Saudi Arabia. We view that as perhaps a giant leap toward ending the Arab-Israeli conflict, Netanyahu said, speaking during a meeting in Jerusalem with U.S. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. This agreement could have monumental consequences, historic consequences, both for Israel and Saudi Arabia, for the region and for the world. Israel has opened diplomatic ties with several Arab countries since 2020. Uh, including Saudi Arabia's neighbors and the United Arab Emirates of Bahrain. That's that whole, um, you know, Abrahamic covenant that President Trump helped to, to broker. But Riyadh has held back from recognizing Israel, saying such moves should be tied to resolving Palestinian stated goals. Now, Greg, this is interesting because they're getting kind of a, a, a semi peace and semi friendship with, uh, Israel. But when we see in Ezekiel 38 and 39, this fits perfect because when their enemies come against Israel, Russia and Iran, it says that Saudi Arabia goes, what are you doing? But they don't do anything. So Saudi Arabia doesn't jump into the fray attacking Israel and joining Israel's enemies, which shows that kind of semi-friendship with them, right? Remember brothers here, mm-hmm. Arab descent from the from Keturah, Abraham's second wife. Remember, that's where the Arabs yeah. come from. Yeah, uh, Ishmael and down through Keturah and all that. Anyway, that's Saudi Arabia today. 
So you see kind of that connection to family, although there's family that doesn't get along that good, but when it comes to fighting, you know what that's like. Even if you don't get along with your brother and somebody's picking him on the playground, you take up for him, they're not going to jump into the fray. Um, um, and, and at the same time, they're going to say, what are you doing? This is the posture they're in right now, Greg. They're in this posture of, of you know, we're not going to attack, but we're not really your friend. And this is exactly where it says they'll be in Ezekiel 30 and 39. So I don't know if this stance will change any. And it doesn't mean that if they become more friendly that it changes Ezekiel 30 and 39 the way the stance is for the nation. But it's, it's there now. So we're in place for this move and what it talks about, how, what their response is going to be. Okay. Well, we'll continue to monitor that because that's not going to go away either. All right, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and actually really our first two articles were really kind of tied into the prophecies of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Yeah, they are. They really are. Uh, but this one here is from the Jerusalem Post. Again, you're going to find the post where you find the post office, probably, past one. There you when go. you're over there. There you go. Uh, Iran is waging a multi-front war of attrition. Yeah against israel so please explain what this means yeah they're basically without military bombs and missiles they're 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 waging war in other ways uh you know kind of almost like where they used to do a siege if yeah um, well yeah a siege back in those days and and of course this is from former prime minister gallant talks about this says tehran is fighting a war against israel on all fronts uh defense minister yoav gallant warned on sunday I'm sorry, he's not the foreign prime minister, he's the defense minister. Okay. Uh, as the Jerusalem-based think tank called for a suspension of judicial reform in light of danger of a broad-scale conflict on Israel's borders and with Iran. The IDF has acted and will continue to act in all arenas, in overt and covert operations along the border, across the border, and even far from the border. Basically, that's kind of a hint. We'll come to Iran if we have to. Gallant said at the special memorial ceremony of those who fell in battle for Jaffa in 1948. The bottom line is he's saying, look, we'll do what we have to do, no matter where it is, near or far, to defend our nation. He says Iran is waging a multi-front war of attrition against the state of Israel. Uh, adding that it was uh, continuing its attempts to establish itself on the northern front, at the same time spent sending its proxies to Judea, Samaria, and Gaza. Now understand, they're surrounded by enemies all around them. Now you have the, the northern, which is the Syrian front, and the Syrians are certainly not friends uh, to Israel, but they're they friends with Iran, so Iran's there, of course Russia's there, so there's stuff coming in from that side. Then you have the Gaza Strip, uh, which is, again, uh, the enemies, ancient Israel's, you know, enemies are down there as well. And then you have the northern front in Lebanon, and that's also the Iranians. So Iran is going into Syria and over to Lebanon and supplying the enemies, if you will, fighting against Israel in different ways on those borders. And now they're saying that Iran's stationing more of a presence even down there in Gaza, so they're surrounding them. Again, this is like, it is like an ancient uh, siege. Or they, they try to surround them and then control things from there. Now, God's going to supply for Israel. They're going to get all the supplies they need. You know what I love about what God has done for Israel is he knew their enemies would all turn against them on the land, so he gave them an ocean. You know, so they've got the ocean. Come, all supplies they need can come in and out of the ocean. They've got a strong enough uh, navy to be able to defend the oceans and military to keep that open. And, of course, even their borders if they wanted to go to battle. Um, but... You're going to see more and more of Iran trying to squeeze them more and more and more. It's just working toward this battle that's going to take place. And, you know, you squeeze somebody enough, they're going to have to respond. Um, Israel's a lot like, look, we don't want to have to fight because we know the whole world will turn on us. So they're just allowing a lot of things to happen that you normally wouldn't let happen. I I think about, you know, if you have somebody that's, um, you know, they keep on kind of punching you, but they're smaller than you. And you know that if you punch them back, you'll be in trouble 
So you just you don't punch them back, but maybe you keep pushing them away, and they keep punching you, and yeah, it hurts, but you're like, it's just more of an irritant. You're punching me, and it hurts. Right. I wish I could knock you out, but I can't because you know yeah. I'm in trouble. You know, maybe the idea would be kind of almost like an adult to a to somebody who's underage, but they're strong enough to be really hurting you, and you get, if you hit them, you get legal, legally in trouble or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at some point though, if they pull out a weapon, that threatens your life. If that underage person pulls out a gun or a knife. At that point, all bets are off, and you can defend yourself. You know, Israel is getting the, the Iran's biting at their heels like that little nip dog. You know, nip nip nip, whatever. Yeah. And 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 if 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 Iran suddenly decides to pull out the Rottweilers, and they send in that where they can do real damage, you're going to see. All right, you want to play? Here we go. And now when the real that's when the battle is going to take place. And so um, that's what's going to happen. They're going to push Israel into a corner. And and then uh, at some point Israel has to respond. But I I love the fact, Greg, that when Iran and Russia moves on them, Israel doesn't have to respond. They could, but it says God will respond and He will wipe out those invading armies. And we talked about yeah. five sixths of those invading armies. Yeah. Boom, they're done. And it's just going to be amazing to see. And again, I don't rejoice in in the carnage of those that are attacking. But when you see they're going against God by doing this, they're attacking God. They're denying God's word to protect the nation of Israel and to be that witness for you know, to be that that testimony and witness and 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 to see these are God's people. You know, at some point, God says, "All right, enough's enough, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna take action." So. Um, interesting. It's yeah. interesting to see what's going to happen here, but I, 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 I watch it unfold and, and I get excited and sad at the same time because I, for the people who don't know him, I grieve and, and for the fact of God's protection, I rejoice. Yep. And hopefully we'll be able to watch this from our heavenly box seats. That's right. Remember the rapture will take place. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we don't know if it'll be before or after, but I hope it's before. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? I, 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 just to be able to, you know, and, and here's the great thing about it is watching God's plan unfold while we're there celebrating our marriage to the Lord. There we are at this giant banqueting table that yeah. somehow we'll all be able to see each other and all be one. And the Lord will be there in these, I just think of millions of people throughout the ages having what is heavenly food going to be like this, this amazing smorgasbord eating everything you want for seven years and not gaining any weight. Uh, yeah, you know, and all the exactly. desserts and foods, and most of all, it's about being with the Lord. I say that yeah. in jest. It's about being with the and Lord. And everything tastes like bacon. Yeah. But again, yes. you know, but just to, Greg, then to be watching the Lord in his authority, yeah. just direct this whole thing and unfold it and just, and I can imagine there at the wedding supper of the Lamb, just cheers rising up and just praising him. And the Bible says that we will be saying, oh Lord, you are righteous, righteous and true are your ways. Everything you're doing is justified. Everything you're doing is right. We're going to be rejoicing. And that's, it sounds weird to say an unbeliever wouldn't understand this, to say we're going to be rejoicing at the judgments of God. But for the righteous, it's those that deserve the judgment. They've had the opportunity to repent. Yes. They refused to repent. So they've earned that judgment. And now you're rejoicing that justice is being done. And the only reason justice is not being done on us is because we've come under the blood and anyone can come out of that blood at any moment. If you come out of the blood of the Lamb, you will not be judged. But we can rejoice from that place. And I just, it's going to be so amazing. Yeah. I just, um, I can't wait. I, yeah. Maybe today, maybe today that we'll get out of here. We'll see. Well, from your, your mouth to God's ears. Oh, Pastor boy. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Uh, but I, I got a feeling we're going to be able to finish this show at the very least. <laughs> uh, this is uh, from Yahoo.com. Uh, as we look at America, uh, talking about a nation that needs to be judged, unfortunately. Yeah. Legal pot sales eclipse sales of chocolate in the U.S. as Americans reach for joints and berry edibles instead. So sad. You know, I, I jokingly would say there's nothing could take the place of chocolate. 
Um, but you know, again, I'm never, never thinking about the seriousness of, of just the wickedness that man yeah. can go to and, and drugs and all that go with it. And yeah. this is so sad, Greg, again, uh, in 2022, the article says, um, Americans spent an estimated $30 billion on legal marijuana products. Think about that. $30 billion on marijuana products in 2022 legal pot sales. They're saying could top 33 billion this year and more, uh, more than chocolate and craft beer combined. New legislation in other states, including New York, is sending total U.S. sales numbers skyward. Uh, again, you know, I'll comment in a second. Let me finish reading it. Sure. Americans love a good buzz, it says, and they're forking over big bucks to get it. In the decade after Colorado and Washington uh, legitimized, or legalized rather, recreational cannabis used for adults, Another 20 states have followed suit. You know, people talk about a slippery slope. Once that door was open, it's so true. Everybody jumped on. It's like the lottery. It really is. And look, that's 20 states have now done it, but 19 more allow it for medical use. So you've got a total of 39 states now allowing people to use drugs. More than half. The uh, expanding geographic market has led total retail sales of pot to eclipse revenues from several other categories of products that people use to feel a little better, according to the new report from MJ Biz Daily, a cannabis industry publication. Um, in 2022, Americans spent an estimated, it says, $30 billion. And it goes, it says, more than on opioid medications, which are $22.8 billion. Again, that's a lot of the, the, the home drugs people use. And topical pain relief. Hey, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, you got achy, achy joints. You're not smoking them, but your joints are achy. You know, 2.8 million spent on that. Uh, they found as well. You know, this is so sad to me, Greg, because here's the thing. <sighs> you know, the Bible says in the last days, pharmacia will be used to deceive the entire world. That's drugs. Yeah. So you're going to see greater and greater drug abuse, drug use. I think you're going to see it in these kind of things. I think it comes to do with even governments of the world using more pharmacia. I think that could tie into this whole push toward just like unending. It's now that they're talking about unending shots for everything. It's almost like after COVID, it opened up a door of just, just all kinds of multi shots and shots for this. And everything wants to be now just, you know, push pharmaceuticals. Well, the Bible says that'll be happening in the last days. Um, and it's just sad to me because it's not just destroying the nation and destroying people's lives and their minds. When the world accepts something, if the church doesn't make a strong stand and make a very clear line, then people from the church start, um, they start kind of thinking maybe it's not that bad. In other words, once it's legal, well, does that mean it's sin? I've already been asked, you know, hey, if they make marijuana legal in Tennessee, would it be okay before God if I smoked? I've already been asked that from a Christian. I'm like, no, it wouldn't be okay because you're, it's a mind altering drug. The Bible says stay away from hallucinogenic drugs. The Bible says it's sorcery. It's, it's pharmacia and it's connected to witchcraft. It's connected to demonism. And yet I'm not opposed to, you know, penicillin and things that can cure diseases, but this we're talking about mind altering. Yeah. I was going to say that's for, not psychotropic. For pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Top drugs. The Bible says stay away from that. And we know that it's an open door, Greg, to the demonic realm. We know that. Uh, a matter of fact, they use in, in the, you know, when I was out West, one of the things I learned was, is that on the Indian reservations in their uh, Indian religions, which are non-Christian, um, they use peyote and all these mind altering drugs to get in touch with their spirit guides. And they, they say these spirit guides show up and talk to them. Well, yeah, it's called demons and you're, 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 you're lessening the veil in the spiritual realm yeah. and the demonic realm is interacting with these people. It's sad to me to see this coming in because it's going to lead more into the church and people even within the church, Greg, they're going to justify it by saying, well, it's not against the law, so it must be okay before God. That is not yeah. the case. It yeah. is, it is sinful. Yeah. On, on a national level, 
Uh, the other thing that's happening too, Pastor Mark, is if you've got a nation that is, you know, intoxicated or high or whatever, uh, have you ever met someone who is high that cares about anything? No, you're right. You're no. right. I mean, Greg, here's the no. thing. You, well, the only a, care is the next where high, do I right? get my next high? You're right. And so now you've got a nation that's being taken captive from within. Yeah. And you've got a, a, a majority of, or I don't know if it's a majority at this point, but clearly by the statistics you just shared, a large swath of, of people in this country that probably don't care what's going on in the Ukraine or Israel or human trafficking or uh, border control or any of these things yeah. that we've talked about on this program. Yeah. They don't care. They're, they, all they care about is maintaining the high that they're on. That's right. And this legalization is just widening the doorway for these things to happen. And to your point, and I will say this, it doesn't matter what a government or an organization or a people group or a civic group or, uh, you know, the Academy of Arts and Sciences and the Motion Picture Association of America and any other group that says by law or decree or whatever that something's okay, if it goes against what God's word says, yeah. then you need to take the stand that Joshua took as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what's right before him because that's what he says. He doesn't, it, the, it, nothing in God's word says, um, this is what I say, thus saith the Lord, unless thou government says it's okay. That's right. Yeah, no, our, we go with a higher standard, and that's yeah. the word of God. And Greg, what's happening is we're being numbed up yeah. and dumbed down. Yes. And so in the same time, we're becoming weaker uh, against our enemies and and I want to address that, too, because I've heard the arguments, you know, people say, well, you know, um, w- w- what's wrong with it? It's a natural thing. You know, it grows naturally. Well, so does so does hemlock. Um, you know, a lot of things are natural that can kill you. So the, the natural argument doesn't matter. Well, what makes it wrong? Well, the, the Bible says take every thought captive. When you're drugged up, you can't take every thought captive. And actually, you don't want to. You don't care. And the only reason I know that is I come from that background. I'm not proud of it. But I know what it's like. And, and people also say, they, they, I think, Greg, sometimes people equate uh, marijuana use since they've never done it, but they think they may try if it becomes legal. They equate it to having a drink of alcohol and saying, well, I just won't drink enough to where it does anything. Alcohol is a gradual building up. You know, you drink a little bit, whatever. All it takes is one puff, you know, that you inhale from marijuana and you're high. One, one time, that's all it takes. And how do I know that? Well, sadly, that was my sinful past. I've repented of that, and God delivered me from that. But it's very different from alcohol, because all it takes is one, just one, just one puff, and you're, you're already high. Now, you can obviously get worse as you continue on using more and more of it. But my point is, um, it's, it's a mind-altering drug where you cannot take every thought captive. It breaks down your inhibitions and causes you more easily to sin, which, again, is the same thing alcohol does. It is um, connected to the demonic realm. We know that. It, it, it is wrong in every way. So don't try to think of ways to justify it, even if it becomes legal here. Um, it, there is no justification for it. It is it is a sin against God. It leads towards sin against God. These type of things have been used in ancient rituals in, face, in, in false pagan worship. Matter of fact, Greg, it's interesting. In Arad, which is down next to the Dead Sea, um, in a false altar down in Arad recently, they found cannabis ashes on an altar that goes back four or five thousand years. So they had marijuana they were doing in their false worship. 
uh, back there in Arad, you know, in this altar or whatever. And so, um, it, it, well, thousands of years back, either way, it could have been maybe two, three, no, probably three to four thousand years, maybe three. Either way, um, it, it's just new. Satan does the same things that he's always done, but it's it, it leads to a demonic realm and opens up a door for demonism. And, and we're to stay clear-minded and uh, be sober-minded and take every thought captive. You can't do that when you do drugs no. or, or get drunk on alcohol. So. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who's helping us make sense of the signs of the times. This is our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we have tagged as podcast number 260, available through all of your popular podcasting outlets. You may be all right, let's take a look at some One World Government news referencing Daniel chapter 2 that you have associated with this article, Pastor Mark, from the AP Network News. Macron comments on Taiwan raise questions on EU global ties. Yeah. Uh, what does all of this mean? Well, again, we're looking at some, I think, the rise of the, Rome, the Second Roman Empire. Again, yeah. Daniel chapter 2 talks about the statue and the second leg of the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire in the last days, and we see that in Revelation as well. We see now uh, Macron, uh, I think, m- uh, making ties uh, on with the EU as well as with China. Um, you know, let's just read some of this. Comments by yeah. French President Emmanuel Macron over Europe's priorities on Taiwan have raised questions over the EU's relationship that's the that'll be the revived Roman Empire's headquarters there um, with both the U.S. and China on I on the eve of his planned speech on the bloc's sovereignty in the Netherlands. Uh, the question we need to uh, answer as Europeans is following. So notice he's coming from the European slant here, Greg. This is why I brought in Daniel chapter two and the revived Roman Empire angle. Is it in our interest to accelerate a crisis on Taiwan? No. Macron was quoted by, as saying in the interview. Now, what he's saying is accelerating. is basically saying we'll defend him. The worst thing would be to think that Europeans must become followers on this topic and take our cue from the U.S. agenda uh, and a Chinese overreaction. So he's acting like he's kind of trying to be there in the middle, this kind of thing. But the bottom line is he just mis- about recently met with uh, uh, President Xi from China, and he's taking their side. He's, he's talking about standing more with them than with us and even talking about trying to make – Europe, uh, a third world superpower, which it will be. It'll be the number one world superpower soon as the revived Roman Empire. Macron spoke to reporters on his way back from a three-day state visit to China. Isn't that interesting? Where he spoke at length with President Xi Jinping, uh, including about Taiwan, according to Macron's office. The remarks have drawn wide attention on the so- on social media, and experts raised questions about whether Macron's views are in line with the European Union's position and whether the bloc of 27 is able to become the third superpower that Macron says he hopes to build within a few years. That he hopes to build. And this guy, actually, he's on his way out, I think, unless something happens, because right now his popularity has plummeted oh, because of all these All doing. these demonstrations yeah, over yeah, there but over with their policies. Great. He has always wanted to be a world power leader. When President Trump was in office, and he was very clearly a world power power figure and he went over there i remember to one of their g7 summits or where they get all these world leaders together man macron ran over to him like like a lap dog just following him around and just you know like just you know again you can see there's a desire for power and importance and i want to be this well now he's trying to play it out even more and he's just he doesn't have that gravitas he's just not the guy that's going to pull this off now if there's something demonic going on or something the enemy's doing maybe but uh, either way we do know the eu will be a superpower it's going to be the ultimate i don't think macron's going to be the one leading it up but i do, I do find this interesting that he's kind of flexing what little muscle he has in, in trying to put the european union with him you know there's lots of macrons out there in the world that are looking for more power yes and my mind goes to the horns 
And the Antichrist is going to what? He's going to take out is it two three. Or three. Three. He's, he's going to rise take, up and take out three of the ten. He's going to take out three of the ten. Yep. I, and I'm... And I don't know how the whole horns thing's going to be organized. Right. Is is it regions? Is it cunt? I'm right. I'm thinking regionally. Right. right. You know whatever. Uh, but you just you see these guys jockeying for position. Yeah. You know, and then if you see this one world government coming together, all the more reason you're going to be trying to. So I wonder if the three horns he takes out are the horns that would be a direct threat to him. Yeah. In in his you know, takeover yeah. to be the one world leader. Yeah. And I just think about Macron, you know, being at yeah. best being a poser, right. you know, trying to do it, but not really being able to. But there's going to be guys like him that will clearly try to rise up. Yeah. Well, you know, only time will tell. Um, but I do know that Macron is definitely trying to seems to flex muscle that he doesn't have. And uh, we'll see what happens with all that. But it's interesting to watch. You know, I think if they held elections today, he would lose. I think very easily. Landslide. Yeah. yeah, by this by the other conservative lady that was that was running. But either way, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to watch how this is going to unfold. Okay. All right. Let's get to our smorgasbord of disasters, pestilence, plagues, and lots of corruption. Uh, and this is really all of the above, and then some. As we look at Fox News telling us that outraged critics are saying that a new U.N.-backed legal recommendation or recommendations will end up normalizing sex with minors. Yeah. And now the problem is, and I don't know if it says it in the article, Pastor Mark, because uh, I've only got the first page here, uh, how young we're talking about. Well, they I don't know that they give an age. This okay. is what it says. Sexual conduct, and they say that sexual conduct, uh, this is a quote, involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent. That'd be 18. So that'd be 18, right? Um, At least in consent. this country. Yeah, but th- how low does it go? That's the point, Yeah, Greg. exactly. Remember, the goal is sex with children. It, the pedophilia, this is, this is worldwide sanctioned pedophiles. Uh, so let me start again. Sexual conduct involved involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may uh, be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In other words, if the kid says, yeah, I don't mind you having sex with me. I know I'm only five. I don't know what's going on, but sure. Um, then it's okay. The Geneva-based International Commission of Jurists wrote in March with an assist from uh, UNAIDS, and the Office of United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. How ridiculous. The Commission for Human Rights is the one proving that there's such hypocrisy. <laughs> the report is titled, The Eight March Principles for a Human Rights-Based Approach of Criminal Law Prescribing Conduct Associated with Sex, Reproduction, Drug Use, HIV, Homelessness, and Poverty. That's a long name. It's published front and center on the group's website. It does not actively call for um, discriminalizing sex between adults and minors, but it states that children have both the capacity and the legal right to make sexual decisions. No they don't well they are children but this makes Uh, this makes sense in only in light of when we've got people in our country think that a child is old enough to determine its own sex yeah and to 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 have surgery to try to somehow modify that which we know that's impossible because it's down to your dna your chromosomes yep but so but but that same mindset is the same mindset of the, I'm surprised. Actually, Pastor Mark, I'm surprised the reverse wasn't. I'm surprised the pedophilia didn't come first, and then the gender change. Yeah. Well, you know, Greg. I mean, it it, it really did. 
there's been pedophilia growing in in the halls of governments around yeah. the world. I mean, and the worldwide has been growing. It, listen, this stuff's been going on behind the scenes for a long time. It's only growing more and more. But, and, and you knew this where it's going. Again, the Bible talks about the days of Noah. Men's hearts are continually wicked. Yeah. Greg, it's getting the point. We've gotten so far down the road. Look, once you can deny it that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, then every, anything goes. Yeah. So true. to say that a man uh, that that adults can't you know have sex with children, that's like ancient thinking. No, now they can. Let's 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 move on. And and it's it's anything's going to go. The closer we get to the eternal of the Lord, the more wicked the earth is going to get, and you're going to see things absurd. They're going to start allowing sex with animals. Uh, it won't be long. That's going to be something that, yeah, if they want to, let them do it, and that'll start passing. It'll also be pushed yes. in, in these halls of higher whatever they are. Higher um, sin. Yeah. But I mean, again, I just think of how, how debased we become, and Greg, when the society stops protecting its children, it's gone. These poor children, these poor animals, when it gets to that point. Yeah. I know you, that may sound crazy to some of our listeners, but the Bible says that's the next thing that, in line. And so this stuff's going to be happening, but it's basically just saying that pedophilia is okay. And think about it. If, if all the other things that are God's standards have been removed and broken down, then why wouldn't it be? Now, children are children because they, they need parents because they're children. They're, they don't know what they're doing. Their brain doesn't even develop. Look, a man's brain doesn't even fully develop till 25. I think a woman's fully develops at 23. I'm not saying that people, you know, couldn't get married or have sex before that age. I'm saying, you're not even fully developed yeah. till those ages. We're talking about children here. And this makes sense that governments like the United Nations would be pushing for this. Because as we know, how many how many classified documents are we talking about in our country uh, that have been leaked or found that have been stolen in somebody's car or garage or whatever the case may be? But the only secure document that the government will never uh, let go of is the client list of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you got to wonder if if the governments get to the point where they can say, "Oh, this is all legal," then they'll argue that that client list and all the people that were on the list—that's a moot point now. Yeah, I, I just—you're right. I mean, it really is—it's—it's it's going on so much, Greg. This is so—it's just the goal is human human sin, human debauchery. Yes. Um, you know, um, I just—you you wonder how far can it go? The Bible talks about uh, in the last days. Um, that people will be selling their children for like a glass of wine. They'll be like selling them for things. And that's what's going on. It's like you have people now that are really selling their children for mm-hmm. sexual things or whatever. Right. And now you've got nations selling their children in the sense of saying, you know what? It's not wrong to have sex with a child. I mean, what, what, at what point? I, I, there's no limit. We're going to keep getting, getting wicker and wicker. That's why the Lord's going to have to come back and judge. Well, and he said, he said, if he didn't come back, man would, would take himself out. Yeah. I mean, and, again, all flesh could, would be destroyed. All flesh would be yes, destroyed. Yes. But, but as we dive deeper, Pastor Mark, into some of these articles and things that we're, we talk about that's right. happening around the world, right? You know that scriptural fact really gets illuminated. We can we can we can see yeah. clearer how it would be possible for man to destroy himself without God intervening yeah. and stopping it when you look at all of this. Well, you know, at some point, Greg, the cancer gets so bad, um, the doctor has to remove it or the whole body dies. Yeah. And what you see, again, you look back in the days of Noah. We talk about the days of Noah, and it was so wicked, it says the uh, men's hearts were uh, e- evil continually. Continually, and, yes. And all that was going, think of that grieved Noah, you know, and, and all that went on with that. It says it's going to be that way again in the last days. And when you can start... Um, handing your children over to be sexually abused. And the sad thing to me is it's not just, look, it would be bad enough if children were sexually abused in a natural, in a normal way. I mean, in the normal way sex is designed, but they're even, it's even sodomy. This, this, I mean, this, this is so, 
evil and 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 physically hurting and and psychologically yeah, and emotionally. It it is. I I, I, you, there, I don't. God has to judge. Yes. You see that kind of stuff. You've got. How long can you wait? How long can you wait? And it just shows where the world. How could the UN come together, world leaders, and even put together a bill like that and not be ashamed and not be afraid? The world's going to look at them and go, "What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You're twisted. You're perverted." And yet, it's almost like, yeah, it's about time we need these freedoms. These are children that they're 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 trying to learn how to brush their teeth. And get dressed for school, and you're saying adults can take advantage of them sexually? I just, again, this is where you understand the wrath of God. It's hard to understand. You know, God's a God of love. But you start understanding the wrath of God when you see how wicked mankind can become, and God says, that's it. Yeah. And it says that it'll it'll come up in his face. His nostrils will flare, and he's going to, you know, again, judge the earth. We deserve it. We deserve it, and and it's only those again under the blood that aren't going to be judged. I'm glad we're under that blood, but I just I I could rant and rant about this forever. But oh my goodness, I know, I know, it's horrible. I know. All right, well, let's get to the church, <sighs> Pastor Mark, because this is also horrible. This is from ChristianPost.com. Christians are warned not to play Holy Spirit Ouija board game. Yeah, no kidding. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! I, you know, again, just so I guess I think most everybody out there knows Ouija boards are demonic. They, they, they. There's a connection to the spirit realm, and I think it's real. Uh, I messed with this some as a kid, and we saw some things happen where it really I mean, it spells words, and you nobody, and it's a group of people trying to use it. It's demonic. Well, now they're trying to. You see, Satan trying to come in with a Christian Ouija board. Give me a break. This is a new board game marketed as a Christian version of the Ouija board. Has been criticized as satanic and a trap from the devil. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Name, look at the name. Look at Satan. This is so obviously the enemy. Yeah. Named the Holy Spirit board by the Holy Spirit Games. Christian religious talking board for seance uh, with planchette. Okay. It's Whatever a, that it's means. A, it's a talking board for seance. Yeah. And it's supposed to be holy. Come give me a break. The game advertises itself on Amazon. As a way to help people talk directly to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here, and it quote, I quote, get the answers you need. I mean, it's like those little, those little uh, black uh, eight balls you get. Yeah, the magic eight ball. This is like, get the answers you need. The Holy Spirit board can answer all your life's most important questions. Now, look how disrespectful this is, straight from the man himself. Yeah. Okay, there's no respect for God Almighty. Yeah, Even the no. way that's said is Mm-mm. so disrespectful. It says the board's description adds, and I quote, unlike other spirit boards, that are often used to contact ghosts and demons. This is a one-way ticket straight to heaven. I, I, I'm sorry. It's a one-way ticket straight to hell. You're not kidding. It really. This is so demonic. It says while the board's layout looks similar to a Ouija board, wow. it differs by including an image of Jesus crucified on a cross, three angels, a dove, and a cross to be moved around the board. So the cro- the thing you move around is not the Ouija shape of the of the pyramid kind of thing. Yeah, it's a cross. It's a cross. And then it's got a picture supposedly of the Lord there and and the angels or whatever. It is so demonic. It's like I, you know, Greg. Again, but you can see people falling for this. I can look. Satan knows people are gullible. He knows yes. that, and and he'll take advantage of those who, you know. I think I think the the Christian maybe who's not in tune with the spirit could think, hey, this is a a, a, a godly way to have fun. The uh, mostly unbelievers maybe who think, hey, well, you know, let's try it out. I, I would think this. I've this been is praying for the church. Yeah, I've been praying, and God hasn't been answering me. So maybe I can get my answer through this board. You know, Greg it reminds me of Saul and the witch at Endor. Yes. Remember, God wasn't speaking yes. to him. Yep. So he goes over and says, bring up Samuel. Bring up Samuel. God won't talk to me. Do a seance. And it was a seance. It was a seance. Is what, this is yes, in that seance, bring up Samuel. I want to hear what's going on. And the argument goes on. Was it really Samuel? Was it a demon? We're not going to get into theology. Right. Right? But the point is, 
He gets this message from this spirit from beyond, and it's all done demonically by this witch at Endor. And um, and again, it's no different than that was the Ouija board of that day. Saul went to do a Ouija board at the witch of Endor's house. Yeah. Uh, and it, he, the Holy Spirit, think about it, the Holy Spirit Ouija board. He called up Samuel. Hey, he's a godly man. So this has got to be right for God. I need somebody to talk to me and get my answers. Satan has set people up so bad for this. And I could see people desperately using this, believing that it's God. It is absurd. But uh, look, I hope that most of our listeners already know that it, how absurd, uh, absurd it is before we say it. But if you don't know, it is absurd. Be sure you warn anyone else that dabbles in this. Anything like this is demonic. It's not of God. God has told us, here's where you find me, in the Word of God. You go to the Bible. That's your Holy Spirit goddess. The Bible and prayer. And that's all we do as believers, leave everything else out. I just, again, I think we're going to see more and more blatant demonic attacks and activity the closer we get to the Lord's return, Greg. I mean, there's no fear there. Well, no, obviously not. But I mean, I, I wonder, you know, again, and how many Christians are going to fall for it? Hopefully not many, but still, if any fall for that, I, I just, um, it's just shocking. Well, you know, I don't know anyone that's experienced, you know, using Ouija board and understand that there's real demon, demonic power behind it. Well, I did it. Uh, it exactly. was real. It I, was real. I'm right there with you. I've done it before, too, before I gave my life to the Lord. Right. Not chronically. I'm right. Maybe a couple times when I was young, right. maybe even in my teens. Right. But... But I remember, yeah. But not knowing that it was demonic. Yeah, me either. But I knew it was something was supernatural because I, yes. I, that thing would move. Yes, and you got multiple people, and it literally spelled words. I mean, how would multiple yeah. people fake they all go into the same place and not not pulling away from each other? Right. To spell some word. I mean, it was real. There's real demonic power there. And again, remember, um, um, uh, for those listening, look, the demonic realm is real, and their power is real. It's not that it's not real. It's just real demonic. I think about the palm readers. You know, I've had people before say, you know, I, I, I went to a palm reader and they really told me things about my day that no one could know. Well, there are people that can know besides God. The demonic realm that's watching you, they know what shirt you're picking out. They know what plans you have. They know what your favorite color is. They just hang around long enough to hear you say it. So then you go to Madam Whatever, and she goes, I think your favorite color I'm getting is blue. And today you were looking at a blue shirt you wanted to wear at some event you are going to. And the person is, they're flabbergasted. Oh, this is real. It's a, there's a, well, Yeah, it's real, but it's real demonic. God doesn't work that way. God says, stay away from mediums. Um, you know, and, and, and don't get involved in, in spiritism and all that. It's the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I'll say it again. We keep coming back to the same thing. That's where we're supposed to be. And Greg, there's going to be more spiritism in the last days, more demonism in the last days. As, as nations and people reject God, it's going to open up more doors for the demonic realm, which means we're going to start seeing more demonism in America. You know, I remember years early on, how come you don't see all the demonic things in America like we see in the Bible? Well, you travel to other countries that don't have God and you see those things and you go, well, how come it's happening there and not here because where there's more light there's less darkness and where there's more darkness there's more darkness so where there was more light in america as we were a nation that honored god you had less demonic activity you wouldn't see those things but as we're turning more away from god you're going to see more and more darkness and demonic things taking place in america as well yeah all right pastor mark let's get to some good news this is from christianheadlines.com a study shows americans who read the Bible have far more hope than non-Bible readers. Wow, you know, again, for coming from my perspective, Greg, um, from all of our perspectives as believers, this is a non-brainer. Of course, we're going to have more hope because our hope is in Christ. A non-brainer. But, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we, of course, we have hope. Yes. Uh, but but no, is the poll by American Bible Society asked Americans 
uh, questions from the so-called um, persevering hope scale. Mm. A psychological assessment. Hope scale. Yes, it is a psychological assessment test popular among researchers. So if you're a researcher, you know what the preserving hope scale is. Mm. Um, it uses phrases that are free of biblical language. So it's not a Bible-based oh, okay. sure. thing. And I quote, in dealing with the struggles of life, people who engage with the Bible have far more hope than others, the report said. Now remember, this is a non-Bible approach. This is just asking questions about life. And they said, okay, who are the ones that have hope? And who are the ones that don't? It's it's the believers. And remember, hope is what gives people a reason to live. That, that's where life comes from. It says the report defines the scripture engaged uh, as those who are, no, by the way, it's the scripture engaged that have the most hope, it says. And so then the report defines the scripture engaged. Here's what it is. If, you, if you're a believer and you think you're scripture engaged, it doesn't mean just going to church on Sunday or going to church on Wednesday or occasionally whatever. No, this is what they defined it as, which um, it, it could be even more than this. But it says the Bible impacts your daily life. Okay, that means you're reading it daily. Okay, so for people who are reading their Bible daily. Not just on Sundays. Yes, that's what's called scripturally engaged, and that's the people that have more hope. Uh, so if you're listening right now saying, well, I'm a believer, but I don't have hope, let me ask you this. Are you reading your Bible daily? Are you praying daily? That's why you don't have hope. Jesus said, for those who want to be my disciples, you have to take up your cross and follow me daily. He said, take up your cross daily and follow me. So it's something that happens Every day. It's not just a, a, a moment by moment thing. That's those that are scripturally engaged. That's those that have the Bible impacts their life and they have hope. That's number one. Number two, say it helps guide their relationships with God and others. Okay. And obviously it would because you're reading the word of God and you're praying. And they say they regularly read or listen to the Bible. You know, and I want to encourage all of our listeners, you know, as we come to the end of today's show on these things, listen, you need to be reading your Bible daily. We hear the terminology about a quiet time. Well, here's what a quiet time is for a believer. It's reading your Bible every day. And for those of you that say, well, I'm reading a devotional, that's not good enough. Here's how this works. The Bible is your meal. It's your spiritual meal. Okay. The devotionals are your vitamins. So you have your meal and you take a vitamin. Look, eat first and maybe you have a vitamin. Read that devotional. There's a little vitamin. But if you try to live on vitamins, you are going to die. And you'll die spiritually if you only live on vitamins. Eat your meal, that is, read the Word of God. So number one, be in the Word of God every day, as Jesus said. Number two, be in prayer every day, because that's our connection to God through prayer. Um, and then in that, you'll find that God does guide your relationships and guide your life, if you will. And then the last thing here, again, this is why we have the radio station, 101.1. Regularly read or listen to the Bible. Listen to the Bible. You have something right here where probably 80% of our programming, I don't know what the percentage is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balanced yeah. Next, 50 between music and 50 teaching. Oh, I thought it was even more on the teaching end. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, whatever. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit more because of our drive times. Yeah. Anyway. Either way, so, yeah. but listen, you need to be listening to the Word of God. I mean, rather than just listening to you, you can listen to other things. I listen to news, but you need to be, re- we need to be regularly listening to the Word of God, just letting it go in, letting it soak in, hearing all these pastors that are teaching, whether it be on 101.1 or another, another station that you trust. That's teaching the Word of God. But again, I go back to the line by line, verse by verse. We have over 20 pastors doing that on, on, on WIM. And, and so these are the things that are going to make you successful and grow. And again, I was mentioning this last Wednesday. People often ask me, Mark, how can you have the joy that you have? Because mm. I am very joyful. And they say, how can you have joy watching the world fall apart? I'm not joyful that the world's falling apart. I'm no. joyful 
that I have hope because although the world's falling apart, I'm not. The Bible holds me together. Jesus holds me together. The word of God. And I have hope in the future. So no matter how bad it gets down here, if you put your hope in Jesus and believe that he died for you on the cross, give your life to him, repent of your sins and follow, you will not only have hope, you will have joy. And so you can look beyond the things that are temporarily difficult down here to the eternal future that we have in Christ. And so there's where your hope is. It's in Jesus and how we need that hope. Yeah, Especially sh- today, don't we? We sure do. Especially today. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you are someone that's looking to listen uh, to Bible teachings um, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., uh, Monday through Friday, and from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., those are our drive times Monday through Friday on WIAM, it's back-to-back Bible teachings. So you can tune in at any time during those drive times and get the Word of God. And any other time at the top of the hour is going to be a Bible teaching. And at the bottom of the hour, to take you back to the top of the next hour, is going to be uh, music uh, that will basically draw you closer to the Lord, get you thinking about the things of the Lord, worshiping and praising the Lord. And we can't encourage you enough to be doing that, especially for the times that we live in. So, yep. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. Yep. And we need the Lord. We need His Word. We do. And we need you to come back next Friday because we're going to talk about more signs of the times right here on WIAM. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you back here next Friday at one thirty.